Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Jason, what's your favorite? What's your favorite share song? <laughs> I think it's gotta be "I Got You, Babe," Sunny and Share. And I also want to let you know I was share for Halloween one, and <laughs> it was epic. It was epic. It was epic. Jason, what about you? I know you are a share, share, share fan. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I would have to say if I could turn back time. <laughs> Great impression. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Survival Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. Welcome to episode 33. Wow. Wow. I love that for us. (laughs) I do, too. Wait, aren't you 33? No. Last. You're 32. I'm 21. (laughs) <laughs> same same i want to give you a round of applause though me for, yeah just want to give you some flowers you're doing a great job thanks babe so are you Aww. i got you babe you know what i mean we oh, couldn't do this without each back other in. Yeah. <laughs> except i don't Jason. want to be sunny oh yeah okay yeah, we a, could he was a mess <laughs> we could just be ourselves in the yeah. roles oh okay perfect cool. when perfect, we can like though. make them our own you know, for real, <laughs> Jason. So something so fun that we both did last week was we both saw POTUS on Broadway. We did. We did not together though, unfortunately. Not together, unfortunately, but in the same week. So it felt like we mm-hmm. were there together. I know, What'd you think? Right? I had a great time, and it was funny because it was like after Hamilton, so like. I was like, oh, it's going to be tough to compare with Hamilton, right? Like, just a high from that. But very I still different, had very different, very different, completely different, very political though. So it had some commonalities, but you know, had such a great, great time. I laughed so much. <laughs> what about you? I was crying, laughing. I did have a couple of martinis at Sardi's right across the street before, and if you go to Sardi's, you know that the drinks are very strong. So I was um, a little tipsy and was howling, laughing. It was so funny. Rachel Dratch. I never know how to say her name. That's perfect. Thank you. You're perfect. She (laughs) was killing me. She is like comedic genius. I mean, we all know this about her. I've never seen her live, right? I don't know. Was that her Broadway debut? I should know. Yeah, it was her Broadway debut. I mean, I mean unbelievably funny howling laughing she was amazing julie white was so good i mean it was an all-star cast you know literally Um, every single actor up there like was phenomenal i think rachel dress had the most showy part you know because i don't want to give it too much away but you know she 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 was on a very extravagant trip we'll say that (laughs) very wild yeah and uh yeah so i think she had the most like like inherently funny role, but they all were funny and they all had really great moments. Like I love Vanessa Williams. Like I stand oh, her so hard and I was so happy to see her again. I do. I saw her in Trip to Bountiful a couple years ago and then seeing her again in this, she's a fantastic actress. I feel she's so underrated. Fantastic. And her costumes were, <laughs> she looked so fierce. She, oh okay. yeah. Don't give the it Crocs. Away. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually almost bought a pair of Crocs today. 
but mm. I didn't. That's one trend I, I just can't get on. Yeah, <laughs> just me can't either. Do it. Okay. Wait, we did. You didn't see Julianne Huff, right? Because she was she I was she's in POTUS, but she was gone that week. She had COVID that week. <laughs> yeah. Yo, okay. I didn't know if that was. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what um, they said. I don't know. So we saw the understudy Lisa Helmy Johansson. I've little. I have my little playbook. I'll just make sure I said it. No. Wait. Was it right? Did I say it right? Yeah. Lisa Lisa Helmy Johansson. Right. Yeah. She yeah, I do know. Made her Broadway debut, she and I was excellent. just thinking, yeah, she she was phenomenal. Excellent. She she was Julianne Huff's uh, understudy, and I was just like, I was reading that, and I was like, went on like Instagram to like let's look her up, and I was just I saw some videos of her and like how excited she was of her husband. I was a little stalking, I guess, but like that's so exciting to like have yeah. your Broadway debut like after this pandemic. Oh, I mean the pandemic is still going on, but well, like. I yeah, to, I, I don't know, and, and to be in such a great, fun play with all these amazing women, like, I was, like, so happy for her. I wish I did the stage door, because I would totally have told her that, but I don't do that, oh, so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that they do. I don't know that that's allowed to happen anymore with the co, but oh, what do oh, I yeah. know? Oh, with the co. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, co. I, I was thinking that, too. Can you imagine making your Broadway debut in this legit all-star cast? All-star. Literally, all-star cast. Like, Julie White, like, well. Like it has. Um, what else is going on this week? Anything else? Yeah, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm so sick about it. But we mm -hmm. should mention a little bit about the Supreme Court trying to come for my rights. Yeah, I mean, you know, like seeing this. So it's so crazy. We watched this political show and mm -hmm. laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed, and then in real life. <laughs> this is happening you know i know it's not officially passed right but the fact that it's is it no it's not no it's uh it's like uh it, it got leaked like it's like something they're they're working on and the like, fact this is like a that big it's scandal leaked. yeah yeah oh my god mm -hmm. scandal <laughs> <laughs> yeah the fact that it's even a conversation that we're having a fact that this is even written down on a piece of paper the fact that somebody thinks that it's okay to take that away from women is just there are no words there are no yeah. words yeah none so i i i can't talk about it i really can't because I, mean, I have some words but Ill. i don't want to i don't want to get banned from broadway world so <laughs> i will yeah um you we can transition to talk about our guests no today. but i i okay, think go. no i just wanted <laughs> to say like i think what what this is a reminder of is how important voting is, right? And I know, yeah, I know, like people have their opinions on, on, you know, on. I was gonna say, uh, well, I can't think of the word. People have their opinions on candidates, and you know, people have thoughts about the elections, and like if it's important, or like if you know, if I'm a Democrat and I live in a Democratic state, like does it really matter? You know, but like at the end of the day, like we need to, and I'm gonna make like a call to action. Like everyone needs to get involved in your local politics because that's like the most important, right? And also pay attention to what's happening. Like I know there's so much happening in the world and it's like a lot and it's like really heavy. And like every day there's like, you know, there's a war in Ukraine and then there's Afghanistan and there's the COVID and then there's, you know, there's Black Lives Matter and then there's like, you know, a API hate. Like there's so much, I get it. And I know, I know how intense and how heavy it is but we need to be aware of these things that are happening because they will take our rights and not, they're not going to stop at women you know it's going to start with y'all 
and it's going to go to like interracial marriage and it's going to go to lgbtq plus like it's happening it's happening we need to be vigilant and we need to like really pay attention so that's like my whole thing you're preaching you're preaching no you're right it's it's exhausting yeah that's why I, I that's why I can't like I'm not there yet I'm still like in shock that we're even mm-hmm. saying these words yeah what year is it you know it just makes me ill, ill ill and I think it's yeah. so interesting life is so silly and funny like like I just said we're sitting watching a show called POTUS crying mm-hmm. laughing because it was so funny and the writing was so brilliant mm-hmm. and then we leave the theater and we enter back into real life and we're like oh shit <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. so funny <laughs> be handmade so funny yeah <laughs> praise be yeah honestly I, we well, made that joke before me. we made the joke before about the wall but like y'all this is heavy stuff not to be over dramatic and hyperbolic but like pay attention pay attention that's right and vote V-O-C-E. midterms midterms are coming <laughs> yeah V O C E. There we go. And well, not to take a hard turn. Yes, as we do, was, as you and I that, usually do. More badass women we want to talk about, you know, Michaela yes. Diamond. Michaela Diamond. <laughs> what a queen. Michaela Diamond. I don't want to speak. How old is Michaela? She's a young girl. Not a young girl. She's in her 20s, which She's I'm not anymore. She's in her anymore. 20s, which we're <laughs> definitely not. In this interview we did with her, I was like, wow, you're so much more mature than I am. And and she mm. spit so much wisdom and I was so grateful to have her on. And and we Same. loved talking to her. And we can't wait for you guys to hear about her. She's also such a star, an unbelievable yeah. star. So, so yeah. And we give a shout out to her mom, Karen. We love her Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so we'll tell you guys a little bit about her and then enjoy the episode, episode 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Michaela Diamond, uh, just after graduating high school, she played Babe, the youngest share in the share show, winning her a Theater World Award for the best debut performance on Broadway. Yes. She went on to perform in A Play is a Poem, written by Ethan Cohen in L.A., and starred in the world premiere of the musical Row at the Williamstown Theater Festival this past summer. Some of her TV credits include Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert and The Gilded Age. And she was also with our boy Robin playing Peggy in Tick, Tick, Boom. Hey. By the way, she has a short scene in Tick, Tick, Boom, but she's so funny. Hilarious. So if you guys haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, you're very silly. What's wrong with you? You're months and months and almost a year behind at this point. But let's go. Uh, And she's so hysterical. You have to watch. I mean, if you're any kind of artist, you need to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. That's like a mandatory requirement. Mandatory. <laughs> I also homework. can't believe. Yeah, homework. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Enjoy, <laughs> Michaela, you guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, this is so exciting. Thank you for being here, Michaela. Thanks for having me, guys. So, so... <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to Survival Jobs, the podcast. Thank you. I'm here. You made it. We're all here. We're fighting through allergy season. We're fighting through a pandemic, but we're here and we're thriving. Still here. We're still here. I was telling Michaela before I've been, I've been singing, I got you babe in my share voice all morning when I was getting ready. It's just like obsessed. 
<laughs> Jason, are you gonna give us a little, or oh, maybe no. later? You'll, yeah, maybe later. I mean, I'll feel like if it comes up, we'll okay. see. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be in the moment. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, this podcast is obviously called Survival Jobs, a podcast, and we love talking to artists about mm -hmm. their journeys and their careers and all of the fun survival jobs we have to do what we love. So I sort yeah. of just want to jump right in. And and do you have a survival job that you think has positively impacted where you are now or what you're doing that you also enjoy or a fun story you could share? Oh, man. Yes, for sure. I think <laughs> I, I'll go back to the beginning because I yes. think first one and my only one throughout my childhood since I was like truly 11 years old was um, babysitting. And um, yes, babysitters I, club. <laughs> oh yeah. Blythe off. Thank you. Um, and truly like have been babysitting for my whole life. But what's funny is a few days ago, actually I ran into somebody I used to babysit for. This is a crazy story, but essentially I am a rare breed of a New Yorker and lived on Roosevelt Island for a year. I know. Really? Like, Ram every day to get to middle school. Like this is what? my So anyway, I was uh I lived in the last building on the island called the Octagon and I lived four floors under this couple who I think I was 12 at the time and I met them in the building and I they had um one like 3-year-old and one like truly infant like baby and um I was we met at the pool and I was like can I be your mother's helper or babysitter like I'm looking for a job and I'd really love to do it whatever and they were actors and I was like this is so sweet like I love this so I started babysitting for them all the time and like I just remember I would go to their door and like knock on the door but before knocking I'd listen to them sing cuz like they'd be singing either oh, wow. Or like to each other and they were so good and I was like obsessed with them so anyway I leave the octagon and you know live the rest of my life and then whatever so then I get I book the share show the share lab and I get the little name sheet with like everyone who's uh, in the cast in the company mm -hmm. and the top row of people is this woman that I babysat for oh my god Haven Burton Oh my God. Wow. Incredible. Like truly one of the greatest voices of she's incredible. She's been in track and like a million different things. And she's married to Denny who has been in Chicago for truly 25 years at this oh point. Oh my God. Wow. Ran into Denny on the train the other day. And I was like, can you believe our lives? Like I did this <laughs> at 12. And then I did a Broadway lab with your wife. Like right? 10 years later. And like now I'm bumping into you on the train, still in the same show you were in when I was <laughs> <laughs> consistency. Yeah, the world is just wild. And that's one of my favorite babysitting stories, just because it was so full circle. Like so love full circle. That. Love a full I, circle moment. I also love New York for like these moments and these stories. Oh, I know. I also need a sidebar and say, Haven was in rent, right? Yeah. When yeah, I was the child, yeah, one of my best friends is Robin DeJesus. And I saw he was in Rent at the same time she was. So I was coming in from Connecticut all the time to see it. Oh, and I, I think she was Mark's mom in Understudy of yeah. Maureen. And I was obsessed with her. I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. Like, that is so good. And so, so good. 
funny at the beginning <laughs> i'll tell this very short story but when we were the first draft of the share show we did this lab and the whole beginning there was this section that sidebar but the the share show <laughs> in the first draft was essentially a version of what the 70s show was so the 70s show was called the share show and it had a bunch oh. of like snl is now and so all of these skits we made into like little pockets of like what her life was like what her childhood was like so we had a skit at the beginning of the share show like the title of our show was actually really smart before we changed everything but anyway <laughs> that, one of the was this like childhood vaudeville number where my mom and dad were were Haven Burton and Christopher Siebert and they did this hilarious number about how like how I had 10 dads and like they were throwing <laughs> around on chairs like all these funny things it was like the best scene of the show like they were so funny they stole the freaking show and um i will never forget their performances in that but yeah haven is hilarious and amazing and like an incredible voiceover actor like she is so so cool and i hope she's never gonna hear this in a million years because she's a mom of four, <laughs> four but like love to haven burton <laughs> like God. big shout out to, and like for yeah. for me my childhood also i was like oh if I am going to do anything, like I want to be like this. <laughs> totally, totally. Mm -hmm. Just nailing it on all levels. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, to flip it and reverse it, as I always say, um, can you share a survival job story that maybe wasn't that great or experience with a baby, with a babysitting family that wasn't yeah. as great for you? I, I will, I'll go, I'll move a little bit now in my yeah. time. So I went to culinary school over the pandemic, which is wild. So I had oh, yes, that next me is Instagram. <laughs> yes, correct. correct yeah, all over there. I have now a food Instagram. Can you believe it, folks? I, love it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was full stalking it. <laughs> full, full stalking it. Mixed catch. So anyway, I went to culinary school, and um, after you have to after graduating you have to do an internship for like 210 hours or whatever it is um and i will say like i went to culinary school because i kind of wanted to love my side job like i knew i would need to have one and i was like Max. i just love it and like granted it's like not a side job that pays a lot but you know and um so i i didn't necessarily have like plans to like be in restaurant work for when I wasn't in, in the show in shows or something but you have to work at a restaurant for some time and so I worked at this place called Vic's downtown um in Soho it's an incredible Italian restaurant and so good and like family style like great place to like go before the public like really mm. great place and um I was on garde manger which is essentially like cold food and I did fried food too and I will say, like, I learned so much through that time. Like, the the deep respect I have for back of house is, like, monstrous. And, like, the way I think totally. they be handled differently. Like, all of the things. Um, and I hated it. Like, it was so <laughs> hard. <laughs> I don't know how people – there were people on the line with me who truly had been there for, like, six years. And I was like – 
I cannot imagine, like, my back hurts so bad all the time. Granted, my back hurt all the time in Cher, too. So, like, why do I keep picking Yeah, what was worse, the stilettos in Cher or <laughs> on the line? <laughs> back of house. <laughs> so, I don't know why I chose these two, but um, I do love them dearly. So, it was just really hard. And, like, I did brunch. <laughs> oh, no. So, it was just a constant, like, swarming of, like white people who <laughs> have many dietary restrictions <laughs> and like the hatred I have not if you're like if you like literally are celiac of course like uh, no I'm not like judging but like yeah. when people come and like order the salad without the dressing and you're like but like what is a set uh, it bothers <laughs> me to no end and so um I think like, with the mix of resentment I had for like rich white people and also the like strain on my lower back throughout that time of my life, which was like only three months, truly, I truly was like, I have so much respect for restaurant workers and I'm never doing this again. Um, but I also like learned what I did want. Like I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to work in restaurants and I did want to have a creative outlet that like still allowed me to cook, but was not restaurant work. That was not like time oriented. Like you have to get the ticket right now. Like I don't love that. I like taking my time sure. with food and i like not cooking the same things over and over again. Um, it like really took the creativity out of what I loved so much, why I went to school in the first place. And I have a job now that I work two days a week um, called Harvest Moon Supplies, which is truly one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Um, and it's so creative. Like it's the opposite of that. It's it's such a small company. There's like four of us in the kitchen. It's oh, wow. female owned we can play our own music. We can wear whatever we want. We, yes. can wear we want like there's so much creative license. It's very seasonal. And so like we come in every week with like, what is growing from the ground this week? And oh, we wow. from that. So it's so different. And I'm so lucky that that kind of fell into my lap, but I would have never mm. found that without knowing and working at a restaurant and there are yeah. skills from the restaurant that I use in that work a hundred percent. Like mm -hmm. I think this is such a dumb thing to say, but when I was working in the restaurant, there is this feeling of like, I cannot go faster. I don't know how to go faster to get these orders out. And then eventually you're like, Oh, you have to move faster. Mm -mm. There is nothing like <laughs> simpler than being like, I can't cut faster until you're like, oh, I do. Like, I can cut faster. Yeah. You know I mean? like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wild thing to think. But you're like, yeah, I can move really quickly in a kitchen now because mm -hmm. I know what it feels like to do that under pressure. So there are, like, are always skills to take out of the bad experiences. But, yeah, restaurant life was not for me. <laughs> Yes, girl. You said brunch and I kind of like got shivers. So Jason and I both worked in the same restaurant. I legit a couple of times at brunch, like went into the bathroom and like kind of cried. I was like, this sucks. Holy. Because brunch is like, br like people are hungover. They want to eat mm -hmm. and drink again. And like everything, it is so fast. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know what to do. And then the kids are throwing rice. Jason, remember that family with the kids that always Yeah, threw the rice, rice everywhere. Yeah. It and was just. On the table. Yeah. It was just. <laughs> 
So like you said brunch and I immediately got shivers. I was like, yeah, I, I get it. I get yeah. the brunch time. It's all hard. Restaurant work is really, really Tough. hard what position you are. I always, I always tell people like everyone should work in a restaurant at least once yeah. in their life to really understand <laughs> how hard it is. People, I don't think people get it. Like that's not a, a low scale or unskilled labor. Like that's BS to me. Oh, 100%. And like, I'm so happy that certain restaurants like Momofuku Co owned by mm-hmm. David Chang, his restaurants are starting to do like a, um, I forget the real term, but like a pool tip. So like everyone, there's oh, tip- good. Receipt. Same thing in Europe. Like your tip is already included and it goes to everyone who works there because it is mm-hmm. such a it's such a team effort. And like that is such a huge thing that I wish people knew when like sitting down. There's so many things I wish people knew when they sat down. I mean, God, exactly. Yeah. One thing like restrictions make the back of house. Re- it's really hard. I'm not saying don't give a restriction if you're like if you have them, like I'm not saying that, but like know that like that's an extra bowl. That's an extra step for every single person on the line. Like when they call it, they have to say it and then you have to remember it. And then the extra bowl has to happen. And then you have to walk the dishwasher, the dishwasher has to wash that. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that goes into like, hold the greens, which people <laughs> that, like what? Hold the greens in the south. You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> we were in Texas and people would order fajitas with like light oil. I'm like, it's a fajita. fajita. <laughs> well, like you're going to a restaurant. Like, take the oil. You know what I mean? It's just such a. It's fat. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. Like truly, <laughs> I live for fat. Like put same oil on your food. You know. It's, <laughs> not the devil like america really has has made things bad and good mm-hmm. and going to culinary school that was like the most game-changing thing ever i could have learned because like we made everything with our hands like nothing was bad nothing was good it was uh, our food love that you know? yeah totally wow that's so amazing congratulations on like having this <laughs> alternate career too yeah it's, it's so wonderful i know and i graduated like a year ago it's crazy yeah, wow, congratulations. congrats. Yeah. That is amazing. So we'll jump back into this a little bit later, but I do kind of want to take a turn and talk a little bit more about the share show. Yeah. Can you share? Can you share <laughs> <laughs> what that audition process was like? And um what it felt like to book something so major, like right out of high school. Is that right? Like yeah. yeah, it was nuts. I mean, I did get so, so lucky. Like the fact that I didn't have to have like a, a crazy survival job until now is one of the luckiest things ever. Um, but yeah, so I went to LaGuardia High School uh, in the city I grew up here. And my senior year, I did Gypsy and uh, yes. and um, some agents came to see that production. And, um, and so I was kind of freelancing with the agency over the summer, meaning we didn't like sign any contracts because I was going to college. So I was like, why would I sign with you when like, I'm about to leave. So I was auditioning a little bit that summer. And one of the auditions that came up at the very end of the summer was the share show. And I truly like almost didn't go. I was just like, it was for Telsey, who's a really big company in New York. And I called them and I was like, I think I'm going to pass on this one, which I know is horrible, but like, 
I just think I'm really going to embarrass myself. And I don't want to do that with like a, the biggest casting company in New York. And they were like, okay. And then the weekend went by and they called on Sunday and they were like, we're going to make you go tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like we're making you. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like <laughs> no ownership. Like, yeah. No, taking up space. <laughs> um, oh, but I, and, um, and I had my first initial audition um, just with Pat. So just with one of the associates that works at Telsey. And he kind of helped me figure out the material in a way that I didn't feel embarrassing anymore. He gave me some license to be like, you don't have to sound like her right now. Like, it's cool. I love that. Yeah, it was really, it was really nice. And then got a call back with the whole of the creative team, which was nuts and at that point I was like okay now I want it like you know when that happens <laughs> when you audition and you're like yeah we have less of a shit and then like the next one comes along and you're like I need this <laughs> yeah you're like yeah <laughs> like just ego validation and now I'm here you know yeah um, so I went to that callback and um they asked me to dress like her <laughs> in some way because it was being filmed for share and oh, wow. little imagination. I hope that's not quoted out of this. And so <laughs> I straightened my hair and wore like a jump, a red jumpsuit um, and heels. And, you know, we did this thing. I will say like, just because I know this podcast is probably listened to by a lot of actors, but, and I think I never say this part, but I think it's really funny and interesting thinking back to it. I sang song for the lonely. That was the audition cut. Yes, I love that um, song. <laughs> also the hardest one to sing for sure. Like it was the highest song that I had to sing in the show. Mm. And, and I remember so vividly in the room singing it, cracking on everything. Like I was not good. That song was too high for me. And the pianist who like, honestly, I have so, I have to thank him. Like, I don't know who it was. I could not tell you who it was in that room, but I should have thanked that pianist, like found him after, but he was like, can we just lower it like half a step? Like, it's just like not in her range. And we did it again. And I sang the living crap out of it. Yes. And so much better. And that is so, such a pivotal moment of like, ask for what you kind of need. I'm not saying every production will like lower keys for you. But this was, it was such a moment of like, yeah, like people in Waitress right now, whoever goes into Jenna, they choose their fucking key for baking can do. Like, it's not set. Like, you, they want you to sound the best. If that means lowering the key, especially for a show that's working their way from the ground up and you're originating something, like, you, you, you're allowed to be like, I think, like, literally a half step would make me sound incredible on this material and not crack yeah. all of you. And I'm, you know, mm -hmm. so that was a really good lesson to learn in the room. But anyway, so I finished that call back and then I ended up going on my birthright trip to Israel. <laughs> and the, the day I got back, they asked me to come in for my last work session. So I'm like literally on this trip freaking out. I'm like, did I book, did I book? the whole time? Oh my God. Like, right. He's like, are you going to college? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I get back. I'm like totally jet lagged. I go to this final work session with just the director and I remember my agent being like it's between you and another girl you 
essentially they're just trying to see if like you can take notes like you're really young that you've never you don't have like a reputation in any way so they're just trying to like steal your vibe out and I was like okay cool because I'm I'm I love that stuff like that's what I'm best at like I can work things to death like it's my favorite thing to do like I went to drama school like I can do scene study for hours so like when I went into this final work session, I was a little bit like calm. I was like, I think I know exactly my strength and this is it. And if this is what you're genuinely looking from for from me is like that I'm a hard worker and know how to take notes, like I'm going to book this. And I left that audition and I talked to Pat who was outside the door kind of like waiting for me, the associate that I've had first done my initial audition with, who, you know, was amazing and excited about me. Yes, He said, um, he was like, great. So we'll let you know soon. And I said, I don't know where I found the balls to do this, but I said, or I'm trying not to say that anymore. I don't know where I found the gall to do this, but yeah, I asked him, I was like, with so much respect, I am supposed to leave for Carnegie Mellon in two days and my bags are packed and I need to know by the end of tonight. And he was like, okay, yes, agency. <laughs> and in 30 minutes, I got the call that I had booked the job. Oh. I like got home. I like entered my apartment and got the call. And I was like, oh my God, my life is forever changed. I was alone in my apartment. My mom wasn't home yet. And I just remember like- I feel like I'm crying. Oh, it was truly like, it's the precipice feeling, you know? It's like, oh, my life is about to change and no one knows except me, you know? It's <gasps> like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're like, Crazy. I need to know today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, Pat, I'm giving you 30 minutes. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like, my timer set. Like, what an asshole I was. But no, also, no, not at all. Like, shout out to Telsey and Co. Because, or whatever their name they're using now is, <laughs> I they paid for my freaking deposit to school. I was like, wow. I had to outside the door too. He was like, oh, you're like you're like leaving, leaving. I was like, yeah, I like put my deposit down. Like I, I have paid to go for the first semester at least, whatever. And when he, when I got that call, he was like, we're paying for your deposit. Wow. Believe that? Chills. <laughs> I can believe it because I'm transparency. I did not see the share show, but I've been watching your clips. Oh. So I can believe it. Cause you're Fierce. Like you're so good. So like, yeah, exactly. You they are, are going to pay amazing. for your deposit because they needed you in that show. Yeah. That Just a side note, like your, your side note, I was watching you singing Gimme Gimme from Millie <laughs> at like nine years. Why were you like at nine years old, but sounding like a 40 year old, like having an adult ass woman voice? You're incredible. Uh, that's a funny <laughs> story. Actually, I'll tell you. <laughs> Um, right before, so I'm originally from Margate, New Jersey, which is like mm. five minutes away from Atlantic city. And, oh, wow. um, for the first 10, I like literally wanted to do this my whole life, like two years old. And I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Like, yes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and when I turned 10, I had done like a community theater show in New York. I was like auditioning here a lot, whatever. I was like in the city once in a while. It was just my mom and I, and we got back to Margate and I was halfway through seventh grade and she was like, should we move to New York? And I was like, yes. And we picked up our bags and like left. I like went into a random public school in New York during seventh grade, which wow. was a horrendous decision, but also incredible. <laughs> and 
so we moved to New York, but just before that summer, before moving, my mom was like thinking about this move, I think. And was like, I don't want to be a stupid mom who is like blinded by her love for her daughter and thinks that my daughter is incredible or like is hearing everything from like the community theaters in Margate that like she's great and like mm. just people are lying. <laughs> <laughs> it totally happens, right? Yeah. So she was like, we're going to go on a little trip this summer. And so we went on a trip and she signed me up for like 10 contests, singing contests around like the like like Brighton Beach I, I don't even know like random like Ocean <laughs> City like random places that had like pretty good like the Apollo like people that had like big mm. singing contests and <laughs> this is so crazy I won all of them like in my age range <laughs> wow. and all ten. Okay, we can move we can move like I'm not crazy like you have a good voice <laughs> yeah that's so good. good. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to your yeah. mom. That's so badass. I know. I yeah. I want to give a shout. I wrote in the notes. I've got to give a shout out to Karen because she was on the Inside yeah. Edition and she's like your best friend. And I was like, I love her. She's like really inspiring. That she like had oh so my. much. She is. She, she believed in you so much. I love that. Like truly, still my best friend. I'm. She's just my heart. Like had had done everything and more for me and you know she moved to new york with like no job at like what was she like 55 years old like that's it's hard to get a job in new york like she didn't have a lot of she didn't have degrees like she had to start from the bottom and like uh, yeah. she was doing a solo show may 20th in the city and um like half of my show ended up being about her just because it's so like the relationship i had with her and like how open it has been for my entire life is truly like the more I grow up, the more I realize so many people didn't have that. And I just like, I want to pass her love on to like everyone, like all my best friends love her because she's so just like honest with like where she is, where I am. Like she's able, she's the best listener in the world. Like I've just never, I don't know how I got so lucky to have her, but yeah, she, is remarkable like speaking of survival jobs she like literally started a dance studio for me when i was eight years old because i had like grown out of all of the studios in my town started one in margate ran it for three years breaking even and then we moved to new york like she's nuts i'm yeah i'm like what i stand karen (laughs) y'all a lot of people do like i had for a second who were like I thought I was like, are you standing my mom more than me? Like, what's happening? <laughs> That's Facts. so good. Like, I'd meet people at the stage door and they'd be like, how's Karen? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, but. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Um, sorry, I went on a side, I went on a side tangent. Sorry. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> but um, don't I know. Don't be sorry to be. I do that every second. No, but I was like, I have to, I have to shout out Karen and, yeah. and talk about your gimme gimme. Cause that, I, I love that show. And, and that song is like one of my favorite Broadway like shows, uh, songs. So, um, but going back to share show, I know like, you know, actors prepare differently. Everyone's every actor's journey is different. Also depending on the role. So, I'm curious, how you how did you prepare? If you want to give a little bit, I know you can give away all your secrets to play someone like Cher, like an iconic, legendary, one of the biggest superstars like of all time. Yeah, you know, 
I am someone who always has asked for so much help. I think I'm like not, this is, you know, this is my belief. I'm not saying this is like other actors' beliefs, but like I'm like innately incredible at this job. (laughs) Although I do, I'm a really good asker for help. So like when we started this project, I just had so many resources now at my fingertips. Like I had an incredible voice teacher that I now knew about. I had an incredible dialect coach that the show signed on with Kate Wilson, who is like a Juilliard coach who I worked with diligently. I had Stephanie and Teal who like were, have been in the business for forever and like helped me decide how we wanted to make this our show and our, how we could like connect the three of us. Like I had an acting coach who helped me. Like I very much used my resources to my advantage, I think. And I also will say like, we had so much time, like the lab was in October, the whole month of October of like 2017. And then the show didn't open. We did an out of town in Chicago the following fall or spring, sorry. And then we opened on Broadway the following year. So like we had a year to get our shit together. And that's a lot of months of to watch footage. So like, yeah, constantly watching the Sunny and Cher comedy hour, the Cher show variety sketches, every interview she ever did. Like I watched everything and just like kind of had her in my ear a lot. And also like I was kind of lucky because secretly I loved my section of the show the best. Like everyone loved Sunny and Cher together. Yeah. The amount of nostalgia that the audience would just get run over with when I saying I got you, babe, was like so much fun to watch. Like people loved that part of the show and it was so joyful. And and then, you know, obviously conflict has to arise and like things got a little dark, but like there is, I love that section of her life. And so it gave me some freedom and uh, room to kind of like ask who, who was she when she was young? Like, there isn't as much footage of that stuff, you know? There isn't as much, um, like, behind the scenes of her and Sunny flirting and falling in love. But, like, that is quite easy to imagine, you know? Like, she was shy and vulnerable and my age. She was, like, 17 when they met. Like, it yeah. was I, going through the same things. So, not to say it was easy, <laughs> easy but, like, there was a lot of... I was very lucky in that it kind of felt this role felt in my lap at a time when like we were living not mirrored lives. I am not sure, obviously, but like (laughs) career was on the precipice, right? Like I was starring in this huge Broadway show and she was about to blow up with like Sonny and Cher. So like both feelings of like, how does this feel? Like, do I like being famous? I'm not famous at all, but I'm, that was in quotes for the people who are just listening. Um, That's of like, oh, our worlds are dramatically shifting in some way. And like what is underneath all of that was really fun for me to explore. Um, But I also will say that Cher and in this production or uh, in this show specifically, which had not always been my process in other shows that I did in high school and stuff, there was a lot of outside in work that happened. Mm -hmm. Is great. Like, you know, you put makeup and a wig on and it does help. Like you put feathers and your, you know, asses out and it does help. Like there's 
about the like confidence that you must carry when you are half naked that is helpful for the like drive that was underneath everything she did and like you know even just like the flick of the hair it's like you have it now you have the wig to do it so it's like there was a lot of outside in in that show and like once we had our costumes on and all of that it was like yeah like this is becoming easier like how can we all sync on our dialects like what's going on but yeah it was it was a process like it really was it was a year-long process and even when i was in the show like things shift oh my god like the amount of weird things I had to go through while I was in the process after doing it a bajillion times. You're just like, your brain is like, I have to relearn this show a different way. Let me figure out how to spice it up. Like this week I'm going to work on this. It was just like a constant evolving process. And to be honest, like I loved that part. I loved doing that part. It was so fun for me. I really like the consistency, but also the, the freedom that TV film does not have that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is yours. Like mm. you are the one performing up there making the final edit, you know, mm-hmm. whereas that is not the case in film TV. You are very much just the vessel. Wow. I think. That's so true. I love that. I don't know anything guys. Just, you, know, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know a couple of things I'm sure. <laughs> Just a few. I also like love the way you talk about this with such passion. Like I loved that part. You know what I mean? And I think that's so important for for artists to hear. Like ultimately, that's why we all do this, right? Because it we love it. And the way you just spoke about it, I could feel like your love of it. Yeah. I love that. How many times can I say love in one sentence? No, it's true. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a dichotomy, right? It's like There were times, I think, when uh, there's this one example I always talk about, but we were like seven months into the run and I like forgot all of my lyrics for a week. Like there was just a week of shows where I just was like blanking all the time. It was so anxiety inducing, not in a way when you go to the white room and then you can like funnily save it. Like, yeah, that is so fun. And I love that stuff. But this was like, I talked to Jared Spector who played Sonny in the show who has been in like seven years in Jersey boys, like has been in long Mm -hmm. run before. And he's like, there is a moment in time in a run where you're, um, this is so interesting to me, where your memory of your lines has to transfer from your short term memory into your long term memory. And so when you forget a line on stage, which happens all the time, you go, what's my line? And you reach into your short term memory and you find it again. And immediately you say the line and you're fine. You know, it happens all the time. You're like, and then it comes out of your mouth. It's like, but then there was, there's a time when like it no longer is in your short term memory because you haven't memorized in seven months. It's just been on this cycle. And so there was a time like this week when I had forgot, I forgot my line and I like went to find it and couldn't find it. Like it just wasn't there. And no one on stage could save me because it was during beat goes on and it was like a spotlight dance number. Like it was the worst time it could have possibly happened. And I had to like rememorize the show in a different way so that like when I forgot my lines, they could be present for me again. But the amount like I remember coming home after those shows to my mom and being like I will never do musical theater again oh no do not let 
so again and the whole time she was like okay okay (laughs) yep uh because she just had to like yes me in that moment Mm -hmm. yeah that like this happens all the time you know when you're younger and doing shows and you're in a process and it's horrible and then you do the week of shows and you're like I love theater you know like (laughs) (laughs) and about like you went through to like get there you know Mm -hmm. but it's like it was that it was like horrifying anxiety inducing I've never been an anxious person that was like the first time I had like really experienced like my, my thoughts are like spiraling in every sense of the word and I have to somehow get up and do this again tomorrow. Like you're kidding me, you know, it's just constant. And then, and then it leaves and then you're on the other side of it and then you're, you're, you're okay again, but it is, it's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, thank you for sharing. I never really thought, I guess I never have done a show for that long to, yeah. Wow, that psychology is pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I don't know if it's like backed by science, but Jared, yeah. <laughs> Jared said that. I exactly how it feels in the moment yeah. like that is what it like it's no longer in your front pockets you have to like reach mm-hmm. somewhere else he must have been an amazing uh uh co-star you guys have such great chemistry from what i've seen on the youtubes the youtubes <laughs> we fell, in love. We fell yeah. in love every single night on that stage we're still best friends like he yeah, we had such a fun time. I mean, again, like going back to like our section, just being so joyful, you know, like we just really got the bulk of the best part of our show. And every iteration of the share show, so like lab to out of town to Broadway, there were so many changes that were made. And it did kind of feel that this like nerdy actor dream where you get to have your background work that like you would do as homework if you had started with like the script for the Broadway production. Mm -hmm. Like for it was done for you. We had lived whole scenes together on stage in front of people that were cut from the show. So it's like we had so much backstory for Mm. our experiences on stage that like no one ever saw but that we really they had together yeah yeah and that was so special and I think really impacted our chemistry on stage I will say there were times when like we'd be at the very beginning stages of being flirty on stage and I'm like we're being too flirty like we're skipping all of the steps (laughs) now but like you know when you when you're like let's reset a little bit and then um it's all it's all fresh and bright and loving and perfect again <laughs> but i love that it's i so love that fun stuff. yeah it is so fun yeah. wow thank you for sharing all of that that was amazing to hear and i know like our listeners will be appreciative of all of that backstory and tea um <laughs> yeah it is i do want to go back to talk a little bit about how you went to culinary school and mix kitsch. Am I saying yeah. it right? That's right. This whole other, it seems like passion you have aside from performing. So do you think, do you think it's important for actors and directors and artists to have a, another passion that they love equally or like close to? And, and why do you think that that's an important if you do? Um, Yeah, I do. I think it's a complicated question. I think when I was younger and I was in high school, people would come in and give master classes and and I'd be like, no, like I know what I want to do. And it's this. And I think like if I were to go back, 
I would not tell myself any different. I loved how like one track minded I was at that time. Granted, that one track mind was validated at such a young age. So it's different for other people, I think. But I just have no regrets about that mindset and where I was. As I've grown up, and this is partly like, I think my my mom too, but like, I I think I could be content and happy doing a lot of things, which I don't think is the case for a lot of people. But I was like, so lucky to find an equally like a thing that I loved so equally to theater like that is so rare. And I knew I think when I started to feel the passion for it that I needed to like, literally grab it because it is important. I do think it is so like pivotal and important to have something that you love besides the work because you don't bleed desperation going into audition rooms. You have like a literal human experience that you can draw from in your acting work. Like there's so many reasons why, but yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's one of the most important things about being an actor. So when I, when I was in the share show, I loved cooking for myself. I loved food in general, but also I had a really complicated relationship with it because I was half naked on stage. Every yeah. day. This is in my show too, but I literally had 17 costume changes per show. So like I'd 17 down that's 128 times a week. So I was stripping down in to my like naked body, looking in the mirror and having to put something else on and making sure my costumes like fit week after week after and like if did they feel tighter this this week like all these things that and more so besides even just like my own journey I was playing young Cher who was like fucking anorexic as hell and like was a completely different time like she started like Cher Barbie was a thing like it went from Marilyn Monroe to stick figure you know and that was something at the time that I felt was pivotal in how I was to show up to my job was to be skinny in some way and small. And then throughout the process, that mindset really flipped on its head. So like throughout the process, that was like how I felt during the lab, the out of town. And then the more I got to know Cher in general, the more I got to know people who had been in the business for a long time, say Stephanie, who like refused to change her body for the process. She was like, I'm literally a mom of a three-year-old. There's no way I'm like going on a diet. Good. I love that. Yeah. It's like, and then she was uh, rewarded in a certain way. Like she got an award for her performance. And so there was something, not that, not that she didn't have thoughts as well, but there was this part of my, my mindset that shifted from like, musical theater is actually heightened. I've known this my entire life. Why did I feel the need to shrink myself to be a copy when like, even, even if I was that copy, I still would not be share. Like it was a, it was a thought that helped me um, make bad habits. Like it was a thought, the, the me justifying it acting wise was what helped me maintain my like, fucked up small habit things 
And so I think throughout the process that was really flipped. And I realized I just like really, I loved food so much. I was like, I really don't want to have this relationship to it. Like I genuinely, I see so many older actors who, who still have this mindset. And I was lucky to be surrounded by that because I was like, I don't want to be that when I'm 30. I don't want to have to worry about that when I'm 35. I'm actually refusing to do that. And so I made a kind of choice during the process to change it. And when I got out of the share show way before the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to go to culinary school because I love food. I want a side job that I'll be thrilled with. And I want to take away all fear that was associated with some of the rules I had created throughout the process. And to be honest, like, of course, I don't think this would work for everyone, but I definitely think that like, there is something I've had friends who have like been in rehabs for this, like, like horrible stories. But I do think that like culinary school is better than a rehab. Like it is so, it creates so much joy around food that you, it is hard to fathom being scared of, of pasta when you make it yourself. Like, and so it really like shifted everything for me and was also hard. Like I would come home after eating five different cuts of steak before 11 AM and be like, I am okay. Nothing is happening to me. I'm not balloon. Like, things that I was like, this makes me bloated. Like it didn't like my mindset was scared. And so I became like in my head about how I looked at the time. But like, there were plenty of moments where like culinary school was scary and hard. But like the only way to do it was to like go through it and like, listen to my body of like what really was feeling scary and what I had kind of made up through my process and my youth and capitalism and the things that the diet industry says we have to be and should be and whatever. And so after school, like it just, that's how mixed kitsch started was like, it's just this thing that I love so much. I had started writing these poems on the subway on my way to school about what we had done in class the day before or something, working through some of those feelings I was having about like, shrinking myself and relating them to things like literally techniques that we were learning about like searing a steak and cast iron and how like my belly seared when I had my period like just random things that I would like connect (laughs) that like felt really true to me um and so that's how mixed kitsch started I also started a supper club right after um not right after, but like five months after culinary school, which is still going today. I do it once a month and I invite like a group of 10 people who don't necessarily know each other, but who I think would really get along in the business outside the business. Um, try and like really deliberately form conversation around like what our lives are looking like. And I cook like a three course meal and it's all seasonal forward. And it's like a way for me to practice and also like have host, which is like truly the passion where all of this came from in the first place, like gathering around a table and sharing a meal. But yeah, that's kind of like why I ended up going to culinary school and like what I'm doing with it now. But I think it's an ever evolving thing. I will say like, I've never loved my body more since going and like, how it's changed and like gaining 30 pounds after share has been like a beautiful, like new world of like 
you just buy the jeans and it feels good you know it's like it's a fun kind of process but yeah it's been a it's been like a full-blown journey since I closed I am obsessed with you you're so amazing (laughs) like (laughs) you're 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 incredible I literally needed to hear that today about just like body love and positivity and like it's okay like I literally my thought when I woke up today was like oh my god I'm so bloated because I drank so much wine two nights ago fuck (laughs) like I'm bad because I'm bloated but like no it's life and wine is delicious bodies are gonna change like a million one times and I getting used to the fluctuation, especially of a woman's body, I think like, yes, period. That was another reason I was like, I had lost my period for a year during share and was like, I really want kids. So like, I have to gain some weight to get this back. And like, you know, had gone to so many people who were like, take these vitamins, take this. And I was like, in the back of my head the whole time, I was like, I just have to get to a normal weight. And once I got to a normal way that my period came back, you know what I mean? So it's, yes. it is just like, it's one of those things of like, how yeah. do we, how do we want to treat ourselves? Like in this one lifetime, you know, I'm like in my twenties, like it's not worth, it's not worth it to I'm like not drink. You figure that out. I'm glad you figured that out in your twenties. Cause like I'm in my thirties and me and somebody talk about this all the time, like how we treat yeah. our bodies and like how hard, how hard it is, you know, I don't want to go into too much of a tangent, but I really yep. need to hear that today. And I, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, being so honest I, and, and so genuine about that. Yeah. And I, I think, it's also so, impo- sorry, it's so important no. for our, our listeners to hear because I think like a lot of people that listen are like young actors trying to get in the business thinking that like, I have to be skinny, my headshot, my chin line, my eyes, like whatever. And like, it's not, I think the industry is changing so much too. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say is like, I did feel a certain responsibility and guilt after the share show closed because I did have a lot of young girls following me. And I was like out about how I was queer and out about like all these things. And yet I was also like broadcasting my small body at the time. Granted, like I was also in a show in which I was wearing costumes. Like it was my job as well. I don't necessarily have regrets about anything that happened, but I will say that like, I didn't want those young girls to think that I didn't want those young girls to be like, in order to be a starring in a Broadway show, you have to be small and thin and whatever. And the more shows that I have done and the more people, young people that I see coming up, the more it's like not the priority, which is really exciting. And I think older people are kind of grappling with it. I think that there's like a large group of women in our industry who like, who are like, wait, that's not what I have to do. I'm confused about that. Like, but I had to do it. So you should, there's an interesting dialogue surrounding it that I would love to like actually have, but it's tricky. Like, how can we possibly be that vulnerable with each other? Like it's, it's a very individual process, but I think that's why I feel now at this point in my life and like my career and my body journey and all the things that like this part is important to talk about too. The fluctuation of my weight is important to talk about me feeling bloated. Like all of those things are part of it, but I will say like, I will never change my body for a role ever again, just because I do, 
I feel such a responsibility firstly to myself and also to the people who, who follow me and who like will be the next generation who, who don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want anyone to feel the need. It's so much more powerful to watch a movie and see yourself than like, see what you wish you, whatever. It's like, you know, the classic, like, who do you follow on Instagram that makes you feel good about yourself? Not, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. So I don't want to be the the follow that people are like, she makes me feel like shit. I want to be the follow that's like, oh, she's really like open about everything. Yeah. And a normal person. And like right. a real human. A good right. person. A normal good person. Yeah. Some, some, <laughs> gosh. I want to come to the supper club. I want to, I want to get, I want to get on that. That's amazing. It's so fun. <laughs> Like it's very deliberate and like stupid in the best. No, way. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Um, I, so I know we're coming up to the close of our in, for our interview slash discussion before we play a really fun game. But we have two. I don't more even quick think questions. you know we play a game. I'm so sorry. Oh, you didn't tell her. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a really we fun game. We always end with a game. Um, so I just want to just ask you really quickly. Um, what was it like to work on Tick Tick Boom? That was your kind oh. of first foray into film, right? It and working was. with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. That scene was also just so fun. I was going to say so it looked. <laughs> we had a ball. We, like, pretty much spent the whole day just in that little room taping. And, like, there was definitely a script and stuff. And we also were able – we had freedom to, like, improv for just – like minutes minutes on minutes on minutes and so yes. it was so fun to see what we all created and like I felt safe because Laura Benanti was there who's like in our industry but also I was like sitting next to Andrew Garfield and like eating his yes. banana right. <laughs> <laughs> truly crazy but um yeah I loved it and I also I filmed it just like the day before their set shut down for COVID and then saw it in theaters recently and so many people have come up to me and been like loved you and tick tick boom and I'm like thank you what an incredible thing film is to to literally do nothing like I have done nothing <laughs> here I'm getting compliments on a thing like with shows it's like i'm working my ass off every day and get the compliments like they feel very validated you know what i mean but yeah. film it's like god i've done nothing today and got a compliment because someone watched a movie it's like <laughs> so exciting <laughs> so i'm really glad that people loved it i mean i thought it was such an incredible movie i was just like so grateful to be a part of i was like holy crap like this is one like I'm showing my kids, you know what I mean? Like this yeah. was one of the classics that like mm -hmm. every, see that joke? Like see those, that cameo? Like every single person is <gasps> amazing. It was so fun. It's a beautiful it so film. Fun. Yeah, I thought so. Amazing. Literally though, like Jason and I like find people we want to bring on the show. I was like, oh my God, this girl's so funny from Tick, Tick, Boom. And mm -hmm. then I went down oh, your rabbit hole and was like, oh my God, she's amazing. Oh, and oh, so yeah. many things. But just that like one scene, I'm like, this girl <laughs> is funny. Yeah. And who is she? And let's get her on this damn podcast now. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. And here we are. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. And congratulations on being a part of exactly like a classic crazy like i will cry every time i watch that film like, what it, even it is twice. it so it, yeah so we've talked about you going to culinary school and now having this amazing 
passion for cooking, being on Broadway, being in film. I know we didn't even talk about your TV stuff, but we'll drop it in the show notes. Do you have a dream job that you think about that's like, that is what I want my life to look like doing a a dream job or maybe like somebody dreamy that you want to work with? Um, it's crazy. I kind of got my dream job. It has not been announced yet, but it will be announced in a few months and it's crazy and it's just my absolute dream. So when that comes out, you will know that that is the answer to this question. Oh my God. I can't wait. It's happening this fall. So it's kind of soon. Um, so that's like my acting for a big dream is definitely that role. Um, oh my god, I can't wait to know. I wish I you'll tell us when we stop recording, but I don't. Think <laughs> oh yes. Uh-huh. Um, is, then- is it is it a cooking show like uh, live on Broadway, like cooking but singing? No, like- <laughs> no. But I, I, like my other dream job, like I have thought about this, would be like some some form of like cooking, traveling. I would love to host something and get paid so much money to do it. Like that would be such a dream for me. I don't know if there's room for like a white woman in that world right now, but Mm. I would (laughs) like, if that time ever does come again, I would totally be there or like be the assistant to whoever is there. But like, I love traveling. I love cooking. I'd love if one day I could get paid to do both at the same time. So that's the other. Let's manifest it. Manifesting it. to do both at the same time. Let's manifest all. Let's let's burn the sage. Let's. let's I can't yeah. wait to know what the dream job that was booked is. I'm like, hey, I want to like wrap this up quick. And when that does come out, we'll definitely like shout it out on the Instagram, and mm-hmm. so everyone can know the answer. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That's the end of the interview portion of the show. You're amazing. We're so grateful that you came on Seriously. and shared space with us. This is it just was incredible. I can't believe it's been an hour. I've been just like so in this. I know. It's great. I love it. I love yeah. talking. Yay. So we end every episode with a game just to like bring it back to having things be light and fun wherever we went to in the interview. Um, so your the game. World. There's like so much craziness in the world. You want to bring some joy. Yeah, right. Some yeah. laughter. Right. <laughs> also in the world. The world exists outside of this interview. Correct. <laughs> So your game that we've come up with is, since you were in the Share Show, we have a game called Share Trivia. Original. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of multiple choice and then also some not. But we think you're going to do great. I also... Okay, question one. For what movie did Cher win her Best Actress Oscar? A, Mask. B, Moonstruck. C, The Witches of Eastwick. D, T with Mussolini. Moonstruck. Correct. Off to a great start. Number two. What was Sonny and Cher's first huge hit song? Oh, is this No Multiple Choice? Oh, No Multiple Choice. No Multiple Choice. (laughs) Sorry. I got you. Correct. Yes. Two for two. I forgot I was on mute. Sorry. Okay, number three. What is Cher's character name in The Witches of Eastwick? A, Jane. B, Suki. C, Alexandra. D, Victoria. Um, I think it's A or D. A? 
C. Correct. <laughs> Great work. Such <laughs> work. Her name was Alexandra in the Witches of Eastwick. Excellent film. Excellent film. Excellent. You're really killing it. Really did that one. <laughs> Cher said she always wanted to do a musical movie. So which campy cult classic musical did Cher bring to the bring the character of Tess alive in? No multiple choice. Mamma Mia. Oh, the trick one is actually burlesque before oh, Mamma Mia. Actually, I know everything about burlesque. Like, <laughs> it's my favorite film. I just heard musical movie and immediately went to Mamma Mia and ha- even had the sad face because I was like, Mamma Mia was so dumb. But burlesque was everything and I could probably word for word say the movie to you. Okay, we have to have a burlesque movie night because oh. I changed... I changed the question to that one that Samantha had because I love burlesque too. I have, a <laughs> I have a DVD of burlesque. Same, same, same. Yeah. I don't even want to say that. In my solo show. Samantha, don't tell me you haven't seen it. I mean, I have, oh, but like, no, it is incredible. I don't think like start to finish. At their peak. Wait, peak. say that again. You cut out. Christina Aguilera and Stanley Tucci are literally at their peak. It's wonderful. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jason loves Christina Aguilera. I knew that was going to upset him. So sorry. We're changing that. We're having a movie night, all of us. We're going to watch Burlesque. Perfect. There right. we go. Right. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. Question five. And then you have a bonus and you can redeem. You can <laughs> redeem. Perfect. It's always so shady when I tell guests that they can redeem themselves. Okay. <laughs> Question five. This is multiple choice. What was Cher's Broadway debut called? Come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Speed the plow, Silkwood, Extremities. I didn't give you A, B, C, D. Come back to the five and dime. Correct, correct. Right. Last one. For what song was Cher's first Grammy Award? Half-Breed, Dark Lady, Believe, or If I Could Turn Back Time? (gasps) Oh, Jason. (laughs) Um, okay, well, it's not the last, I mean, you kind of went in order. I think. Do you need a, do you need to call a lifeline? Because I can give you one. You know, I'm trying to, t- to timeline it. I mean, it's either Half Breed or Dark Lady. Or not any of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't. A little bit later, a little bit later. Serious? Dark Lady didn't win her Grammy? Okay, hold on. Give me C again. C was believe. Okay, a hundred percent believe won her a grant. Great. <laughs> the first one, but a hundred percent that that won her a grant. It was also the first like electro, uh, whatever you call it. Yeah. What is it called? Like when electro you electro dance. <laughs> yeah, with like the, with the vocoder on her the, voice. Yes, yes. Yeah. Auto tune. Auto tune. Auto tune. Oh, yeah. I'm like I have no idea. She like started auto tune. Rightfully so. The queen started auto tune. Yeah. <laughs> Not that she needed it, but she did start it. Totally. Totally. She needed Congratulations it. on the game. You did a great job. Thank you. Like media C C plus. <laughs> I would say that was the bonus, the last question. We usually give a hundred if you get the bonus right. And okay. you did. Without any cheating at all. <laughs> no cheating happened in this game. It was all pure. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> It's been a few I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Samantha, well. I think you might be wrong. Am I? I just I hate Googled when it. I do this shit. <laughs> it said she won female pop vocal in 1972. 
for what? I was trying to click on it. So I just did a quick Google. I don't I don't know. Was it's not like showing me. Because it might have been like best artist. Yes. And then best song was Believe or I something. I got these questions from a quiz online called Share Trivia. And that's what they told me. Apparently, I didn't pay enough. <laughs> <laughs> trivia. Thank you so much. This was so great. Having was. me. It was so great to meet you both. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you for spending an hour with us today. Yes. Hour seven. Hour seven. Before you go, can you tell everyone listening where they can find you on social media, to follow you, to hear what your dream job is going to be when that is announced? Yes. So I'm at Michaela underscore diamond on Instagram. And then I also have at Mixed Kitsch, which is the poems and the food that I make. Um, And all my stuff is on there. I don't really have any other socials today. The show coming up. Did you say I, that on this? Yeah, okay, oh, yeah, that's a good time to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I'm doing a show May 20th at Green Room 42, and it's available to attend and live stream. Um, and I'll have the link in my bio shortly. Great, and then we'll shout it out too as well. Perfect. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're tuning yeah. in because you are a Michaela fan and you don't follow us yet, follow us. Please at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook at Survival Jobs Podcast. Shoot us an email, survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Follow my boy Jason at Jason A. Coons and my girl Sammy Toots, Samantha Tootsolo at Sammy Toots. Boom. <laughs> Michaela, Michaela, you are a queen. Bow down. Thanks. Bow down. Sorry, <laughs> so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.